like the old time ways. When you found the best way, you can quit looking. Amen. Stand with me, if you will. Galatians chapter 1 is where we will begin. Galatians chapter 1. I want to ask now that no one would go out of the service during the preaching. I'm not going to preach more than 40 minutes and maybe not that long, but I want you to stay in. Now, if it's an emergency, I understand, but I want you to stay right here. I want you to listen. Uh, If you can see me, I can see you, and I want you to pay attention. I take preaching the Word of God and teaching the Word of God uh, very serious, and uh, we need it. And uh, this is what God has chosen uh, to get a job done, and he said, I'll confound the wise with the preaching of the Word of God. And I want you to hear tonight. Galatians 1, notice if you will in verse number 10, uh, I'm I'm sorry, verse number 3, Galatians 1, 3. uh, This is ringing up here. Turn this down just a little bit for me. Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I yet pleased men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Now go to the book of Jude, if you will, and let's read just a couple of verses here, beginning in verse number 1. Jude 1, 1. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called... Mercy unto you, and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful. Hey, listen to me now. When I'm reading the Bible, it's not time to laugh now. And I want you to, I want you to follow along. Are you with me now? Look at verse number 3. If you're at verse number 3, say amen. amen. Verse number 3. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd help me as I preach your word tonight. I pray that attention would be given on purpose. I'm not going to uh, work to entertain tonight. 
Uh, but I have begged you and asked that the Holy Spirit would be present and arrest our attention for the Word of God tonight. And may there be a desire and a hunger. Lord, if we're going to travel the old paths and we're going to talk about fundamentalism and being a fundamentalist, we need to know what it is. And, Lord, we need not have a, a just something that is emotional or shallow, but, Lord, we need to have a, a, a sure foundation and know where we stand. And so help us tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I, uh, we, uh, we make no um, apology uh, for the fact that uh, the purpose of the Young Fundamentalist Conference and uh, the training of Commonwealth Baptist College is to raise up a new generation of Bible-believing fundamentalists traveling the old paths. Uh, we are not here to uh, play basketball and volleyball, though we play that and enjoy it. That's not our purpose. We're not here as an extended youth department for playing games, though we enjoy uh, the activities that we have. Our purpose is to train another generation of fundamentalists to travel the old paths. I had the privilege to personally know some of the greatest fundamentalists of the past century. I uh, uh, mentioned that I knew Lester Olof, and uh, he preached right here uh, on this property in 19... Um uh, in the 80s, it was, uh, in a big tent out here before this building was built. Uh, Jack Hiles preached here the last uh, seven years of his life. Dr. Lee Robertson preached here a half a dozen times. Dr. Tom Malone preached here a half a dozen times. And I've been with all of those men and had the privilege to know those men that we call Bible fundamentalists. Now, what is a fundamentalist? Well, words are powerful and words can be life-changing when you understand the meaning of a word. And so tonight, I want to show you what a fundamentalist is, and this week I want to work to convince you if, you, if you are not a fundamentalist, that you'll decide to be one. Let's look at the word fundamentalist first. Number one, uh, the definition of fundamental is a rule or principle on which something is based. A rule or principle on which something is based. A fundamental forms a base or a foundation. Tonight, I'm going to give you four fundamentals. Now, you certainly could say there are 10 or there are 15 or there are 25, and that's all right. But tonight, I'm going to give you four principles or four rules or four fundamentals that make up the foundation for, number two, a set of fundamentals make up what we call fundamentalism. Fundamentalism. Then, one who advocates one who promotes, and one who defends fundamentalism, which is the four rules or principles or fundamentals, one who advocates, promotes, or defends fundamentalism is a fundamentalist. Let me give you some illustrations. An environmentalist is one who understands the various elements or fundamentals of the environment, and they decide that they will advocate that they will promote and that they will defend environmentalism. 
That's sort of a bad word today. Uh, but the truth is, I am a Bible, uh, I do believe in Bible stewardship. And when you think about it, the fir- very first job that God gave Adam in the garden was to take care of the ground, to take care of the garden. I believe that we ought to take care, uh, not to worship the creation, but to take care of it. So, uh, an environmentalist is one who advocates and promotes and defends fundamentalism. Uh, a capitalist. A capitalist is one who, uh, I told you, you was going to school tonight, and you can say to your teacher, I don't need that excuse. I went to class Wednesday night. A capitalist is one who understands the various fundamentals or elements of a free trade society. They understand the free trade finance, and a capitalist is one who advocates, one who promotes, and one who defends capitalism. I, for one, like capitalism. I believe Jesus was a capitalist. I believe that Jesus taught that you work and you earn what you have. In fact, he went so far as to say a man that doesn't work has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. The Bible teaches us to work. So a capitalist is one who advocates, one who promotes or defends capitalism. Then there is the industrialist. An industrialist is one who is involved in industry, one who manufactures or produces a good or a product. By the way, I can know about industry and not be an industrialist. I'll make that statement again in a few minutes. A racist is one who knows about the various races of mankind and believes that one race is superior to another race. I know about races, but I am not a racist. I believe that God made all people and all races different but equal. Uh, Every man has a soul, and every man deserves to hear the gospel, and it's our job to preach the gospel to every creature. I'm giving you these illustrations. I want you to understand. I don't want you to go away and say, we we had a good time, and we shouted, and we preached against all of the things of the world, and we'll do that before we're finished. But I want you to understand tonight what a fundamentalist is. I'll get to that. A Marxist is one who advocates and promotes and defends the ideas of Marxism. Marxism is a set of beliefs that thinks the government is more capable of controlling people, manufacturing, and production rather than man self-governing himself, which is the opposite of capitalism. Uh, And so a Marxist is one who uh, advocates, promotes, and defends Marxism. That's very similar to communism and a communist. That's very uh, uh, similar to socialism and Barack. I'm sorry, and a socialist, uh, socialism. Socialism is an idea that says all wealth should be distributed evenly by the government, regardless of who worked to earn it. A socialist says, uh, this man that has worked 65 hours a week for 40 years and he's paid his bills and he's saved his money and he's made wise investments. A socialist said, it's not fair for him to have all of that money and this fellow over here that lives in a pig pen and throws uh, lettuce all over the floor uh, and leaves his leftovers in the floor and he won't work and, and uh, he's worked about 10 and 15 hours a week and he wastes his money. He never saves his money. 
money. He never invests his money. He doesn't do anything with his money that God says. And the government said, a socialist government said, we ought to take the money from him and give it to this guy. I am not a socialist. I believe the Bible. I believe that this guy that won't work ought to go hungry. Now, I do know what the Bible says about helping the poor and feeding the poor. And I understand that. And I believe that. And I practice that. Uh, but I, I don't help somebody. Uh, if somebody needs food, you need to help them get a job. Now, I'm for feeding, uh, but folks need to work. Are you with me? And you understand what I'm saying in this illustration of socialism and the socialist. An artist is one who makes art. A violinist is one who plays the violin. A pianist is one who plays the piano. Uh, now, I can know what socialism is and not be a socialist, and I'm not. I can know what capitalism is and not be a capitalist. I can know what environmentalism is and not be an environmentalist. I can know about psychiatry and not be a psychiatrist. Now, I do know about psychiatry. I do know. They work with uh, psychotics and neurotics. Uh, psychotics is one who builds castles in the sky. And a neurotic is a person that lives in castles in the sky. And a psychiatrist is one that collects the rent from both of them. And uh, that's, what, that's what a psychiatrist is. Now, what is a fundamentalist? What is a fundamentalist? Well, first of all, we must know what the fundamentals are so we can understand what fundamentalism is. And then when we decide what fundamentalism is, we decide if we want to advocate, promote, and defend those fundamentals and that fundamentalism. And if I do advocate and promote and defend fundamentalism, that makes me a fundamentalist. Now, my purpose tonight is to get a new generation of ists. Fundamental, not knowing about fundamentalism, but becoming a fundamentalist. That's, that's what I want to do. Uh, what would you expect an army recruiter to do? Apologize for having an army or to recruit soldiers? If a marine recruiter came in here tonight, what would you expect him to do? Uh, apologize that we had a marine corps or say we're recruiting the best and the toughest and the strongest to become a marine. Well, friend, you are looking at an old-fashioned, independent, fundamentalist, and I am a recruiter, and I want to tell you what fundamentalism is. Is, and I want to encourage you to become a fundamentalist. Now, you can always associate one of these ists, a fundamentalist, as being a fighter. Paul told Timothy to be a good soldier, a defender, a contender, a warrior, a champion. The word fundamental, by the way, can not only be applied to the Bible, but to many other things. The sports world uses fundamental. For example, they talk about fundamental basketball or fundamental baseball or football or volleyball. And what they mean is uh, that they adhere to a fundamental style of sports. For example, uh, they're very disciplined when it comes to uh, their defense. They're very disciplined when it comes to basic ball handling skills. They're very disciplined when it comes to the basic offense. John Wooden was a fundamental basketball coach. Bobby Knight was a fundamental basketball coach. I am a independent, fundamental, Baptist fundamentalist. I'm not ashamed of that. 
I'm not apologizing for that. I don't hide it. In fact, as a fundamentalist, I am a recruiter. And that's what we're doing with this conference. We're going to have fun, but that's not our purpose. Our purpose is to understand what this Bible says and decide if we're going to defend it, if we're going to contend for it, if we're going to stand for the Word of God. Now, let me give you a simple illustration. If I could have that chair, if you fellows would pick your teeth and... Uh, lashes up and uh, all right that chair and I'll use this uh, table right here um, we don't want to make a mess over here <laughs> now you see that uh, table and you see that table and each of these tables have four legs and I want to give you tonight uh, four different legs uh, uh, four different fundamentals that makes up fundamentalism, and uh, you can decide if you're going to advocate, if you're going to promote, and you're going to defend fundamentalism. Let me tell you what these things are. I'm going to list them, and then I'm going to describe them. First of all, we must begin with the perfect Word of God. Fundamentalism begins not with man's opinions, ideas, philosophies, uh, fundamentalism begins with the Word of God. I believe tonight that I hold in my hand a copy of the originals uh, that are forever settled in heaven. That's leg number one in fundamentalism. Uh, I believe the Bible is the Word of God. Now, the Bible would include doctrine or a set of beliefs, and there are many different Bible doctrines. I'm not going to go into those details of those doctrines, but the Bible includes the doctrines. This book right here is God's will for my life. Leg number two would be my salvation and eternal security. So I have number one, I have the Word of God, and the reason He gave me the Word of God is so I can be born again. You see, we're lost without Christ in our sin, and our sin has to be paid for. You can go to hell for all eternity to pay for your sin, or you can accept Christ's payment for your sin, and we're saved by grace through faith. That is leg number two of fundamentalism, and that is salvation by grace. Number three, leg number three is the church and the purpose of the church, which is the Great Commission. The church and the purpose of the church. Number four, the fourth leg in fundamentalism is holy living. Holy living. Holy living begins in the book of Genesis and goes all the way through the Word of God to Revelation. Fundamentalism is uh, a part of fundamentalism is separation uh, from the world. It's not isolation from the world. If I'm isolated from the world, I can't win the world. It's my job to love and to reach folks. I was reading a fellow uh, by the name of C.T. Studd today, and uh, the, the statement said some people li- want to live within a block of the church bells. He said, I want to live within a yard of hell and rescue everyone I can and keep them from dying and going to a devil's hell. And so we have the four legs of fundamentalism. Let me talk about these just a little bit tonight. First of all, the Bible is the Word of God. There are three words I want to give you tonight about the Bible. First of all, the Word of God is pure. Psalm chapter 12, verses 6 and 7, the words of the Lord are 
pure. They're purified. Uh, this book right here that I hold in my hand is not man's opinion about God. It is the pure words of God. These are the words of God settled in heaven. I want to say, first of all, they're pure. I want to say, second of all, the word of God is perfect. That means it needs no adjustment. It needs no change. It's perfect. Then I want to say, number three, it is preserved, and that is promised in Psalm 12, 6 and 7. Now, Satan has worked since the Garden of Eden to bring doubt to the Word of God and to destroy the Word of God. Through the centuries, Satan has had his men to try to burn the Bibles and try to kill those that would print or distribute the Word of God. I read recently of William Tyndale, who was burned at the stake because of translating this book right here, he was burned at the stake October 6, 1563. And as they lit the flames, uh, and, as he, and as he began to feel the heat of the flames, he prayed this prayer, O Lord, open the eyes of the King of England. And within 75 years, God opened the eyes of the King of England. And we hold in our hands tonight the King James Version of the Bible. You see, uh, Satan has tried to destroy it. Satan has tried to get rid of it. But you can't get rid of something that is eternal. The Bible stands. And I'm glad tonight to stand and to defend and to proclaim the precious Word of God. That is the first part of this fundamentalism. This book reveals the perfect will of God to man. This book tells us a Bible doctrine. It tells us how to believe, how to think. And if we think right, if we believe right, if we think right in our minds, if we believe right in our hearts, it'll make our feet walk on the paths. And the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. We begin with the Bible. Do you believe the book tonight? Do you believe it's God's Word? Do you believe it's God's Word for you? Do you believe it's a pure Word of God? Do you believe it's a perfect Word of God? Do you believe it's a preserved Word of God? I do. And I'll tell you why. Because God said it was. I've been challenged about my belief and stand on the Bible. And I will admit tonight, I can't explain everything in it. I'll admit tonight, I don't understand everything in it. But I believe everything in it because God said it, I believe it. I say often what Vance Havner used to say uh, when he was talking about believing the Word of God. He said, I don't understand everything about electricity, but I'm not going to stand around in the dark till I do. I believe the Word of God. Second of all, I'm glad tonight that I'm saved. And I'm glad salvation was written, the plan of salvation was written for a child to understand. In fact, he did not correct the children and tell them that they need to have a mature adult faith. He said to the adults that they need to have the faith of a child, the simple faith of a child. Folks, let me tell you something. Preachers, listen. It's our job to increase Faith in the Word of God. Too many Christians doubt their salvation. God didn't give His Son to die on the cross and hang on, on, on Calvary's hill and shed His blood and suffer the pain to make it hard for you to go to heaven or make it difficult for you to be saved. 
He died on the cross to give you the gift of eternal life. And the Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I'm going to heaven tonight, not because of anything I've done, but everything that He's done, I just put my faith and trust in Him. Now, salvation is not by works. It's not through a church. It's not through a sacrament. It's not by goodness. Salvation comes about by the Word of God and the Spirit of God. Let's take our Bibles and go to 1 Peter. You're in the book of Jude. And if you'll start backing up just a few pages there, uh, you'll come to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter th- uh, 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. Salvation. Now, the Word of God and salvation cannot be separated. Salvation comes from the Word of God. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now, I hope you'll understand what I'm about to say. Fundamentalism is not just what you're against. You're not... I, I fear that we have created a group of Pharisees and we call them fundamentalists because of the things that they don't like. And it's a shame that some so-called fundamentalists know more about Sports Center and ESPN than they know the Word of God. And you think because you're against three sins that somebody else is for, you're a fundamentalist. Now, don't you misunderstand me, friend. I'm an old-fashioned separatist. I'm not just a separatist in this pulpit. I'm an old-fashioned separatist in my home. I believe that boys ought to dress like boys and girls ought to dress like girls. I believe all of those things. But friend, if your fundamentalism is not based on the doctrine in this book right here, you have no fundamentalism. You have a Phariseeism. Are you with me tonight? Can you handle that tonight? Now, here's what the book says. 1 Peter 1.23 Seeing you have purified your souls. I'm sorry, verse number 23. I read 22. 23. Being born again, not a corruptible seed. What is that? That's the flesh. The flesh is corruptible. First Corinthians 15, when the body dies, it's sown in corruption. A man that is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. The Bible said that man is born a sinner. Verse 23, the corruptible seed. But of the incorruptible, what is that? By the word of God, which what? Liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass and the glory of man as a flower of grass. The grass withereth and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Leg number one is the word of God. Do you believe the Bible is the word of God? Uh, Leg number two is salvation by grace. He does the saving. He does the keeping. He didn't tell me to trust him and hang on. He said, trust me, and he put me in. He didn't throw a rope out and say, hang on, I hope you make it to heaven. Friend, I'm in the hand of the Father. And John chapter 10, he said, I haven't lost a one. All that thou hast given unto me, I have kept. The Philippian jailer asked this question. I can understand this. All of us can understand this. What must I do to be saved? Acts 16, 31. You know what he said? Believe. And the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Yeah. Yeah. Acts chapter 8, the Ethiopian eunuch, Philip, joined himself to the chariot. 
And he was reading Isaiah 53, the, old, the gospel in the Old Testament. By the way, the gospel is the same in the Old Testament as it is in the New Testament. Anybody that ever got saved or will get saved got saved the same way, by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, the Ethiopian eunuch, he said, see, uh, see, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip answered, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. He said, I believe that Jesus is the Christ. He stopped the chariot. They both went down into the water and he baptized him. It's simple. Salvation is by believing in the finished work of Christ. When I was a five-year-old boy, I got saved. You say, preacher, don't you understand more than you do then, uh, than you did then? I hope so. I hope so. But I don't doubt what I did then. All I knew then was that Jesus wanted to be my Savior. And I was lost and undone and had a sin debt. I accepted Him and He saved me. That's what the Bible says. Third, the local church and the Great Commission. Leg number one is what? The Word of God. Leg number two is what? Salvation. Leg number three is the local church and the Great Commission. Now you stay with me. The local church. The Bible tells us that Jesus established his church. Matthew chapter 16, upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 5, the husband is to love his wife even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. The work of the local church, the purpose of the local church is to propagate the gospel of Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 2. What happened? The Holy Spirit came. What happened? They have Pentecost. They preached the word. What happened? Uh, 3,000 were saved and 3,000 were baptized. And you continue through the book of Acts. And I mean, you find the gospel and people getting saved. I mean, it's like Snickers and peanuts. Any way you slice a snicker, it, come up, it comes up peanuts. And any way you slice the book of Acts, it comes up soul winning and people getting saved. And that's the purpose of the church. Now, don't you miss it. A lot of folks have changed the purpose of the church. But I believe that the purpose of the church is for the propagating of the gospel and for the making of disciples. Say, baptize, and teaching. Are you still with me tonight? I'm teaching you a lesson. It's important. I'd rather, uh, and, and, and you'd rather hear me preach against the homosexual crowd. You can hoot and holler and laugh and, and, and yell and say amen, and, and that's all right, and I'm for that, but you're not a fundamentalist because of what you're against. You're a fundamentalist because of what you believe from that book right there. Church has a purpose, a commission, a reason for existence. By the way, I'm a Baptist. I'm a fundamental Baptist. Look up the word Baptist and you'll find it is those that baptize believers. And the dictionary I looked in recently said, not infants. Baptized and they baptize by immersion. The Bible makes me Baptist. That's a different lesson, but I just put that in there like a little salt. All right. Number four, holy living. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians six seventeen, this is one of umpteen verses, Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. I believe firmly, friend, that you and I are God's called out and chosen people. From the beginning, when God first formed the nation of Israel and made them a people, he gave to them a set of standards of behavior that they were to live by. The Ten Commandments formed the foundation of that behavior. But he went down to give an example of how they cared for the animals, how the clothes that they wore, how they were to dress. In fact, he said, boys, 
you're not supposed to see the nakedness of your sister. And you're not supposed to see the nakedness of your father. And you're not supposed to see the nakedness of your mother. Now, that, that, that's the book. I'm not talking about the sins out there. I'm talking about how you and I live. Now, you go to Titus chapter 2. Let's look at that together. You say, that's the Old Testament. That's exactly right. So is creation. A wonderful study would be the number of times, in fact, books are written, the number of times the Old Testament is preached in the New Testament. I bought a recent volume. It's that thick. Examples, commentary, story of Old Testament preached in the New Testament. Notice Titus 2. Verse 11, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that... Denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority, let no man despise thee. Now, that doesn't make me to live a godly life, a separated life, a holy life. doesn't make me better than anyone. It just makes me what God wants me to be. One obedient child is not better than another child. They're just an obedient child. And that's what I want to be. The very day you think you're better than someone else is the day that you begin your fall. Listen to me. We need a revival of understanding that God's people are supposed to be a holy people. And so we have four different fundamentals, four laws, four facts. And what are they? Number one, they are the Word of God. What are they? Number two, they're salvation. What are they? Number three, uh, the Great Commission. And number four, to live a holy life. Now, I could teach a series of lessons, uh, 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 three months long on each one of those, but I gave you just uh, uh, the names of the basic fundamentals. Now, I decided as a young man, I believe these fundamentals. But I went a step further. I said, I'm going to advocate these fundamentals. I'm going to promote the Word of God and salvation by grace. I'm going to promote the local church and advocate it and promote it and defend it. I'm going to promote and advocate it. Old-time holiness. Folks often ask me. They hear me on the radio or see me on television. They'll say, are you Baptist or holiness? And I say, yes. Now, I'm not holiness or works for salvation, but I believe we're supposed to live a holy life. Now, wait a minute. Class is not over. Lesson's not finished. I want you to hear the rest of it. There have been always the crowd that we refer to as the liberal or the modernist. By definition, liberal means this, open to a new definition or idea. Liberals, open to a new definition or a new idea. Here's another definition. One who is willing to discard 
traditional value, laws, and rules. Here's another definition. Evolutionary law. Now, if you look up the word law, it means fixed. It means concrete. Evolutionary means changing. That's an oxymoron. Taught by mostly a moron. Example, by definition, a liberal or a modernist would be one who would hold to a changing set of standards or an evolving set of rules and laws. For example, they'll say, it's all right with me if you want to change the Bible. And if you want to use a young maiden rather than virgin, that's what we'll do. The New International Version has 2,000 changes and omissions. If you bought a car that had 2,000 parts missing or wrong, you'd take it back. They call those lemons. A liberal is willing to change the standard of holiness when it comes to Bible praise and worship. A liberal is willing to change their music. A liberal or a modernist would change the purpose of a church into a social club and preach a social gospel rather than preaching what Jesus said. There's only one way to heaven, and I am the truth, the life, and the way. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And so I want to make it plain. I am not a liberal. That means I am not open to any new definitions or ideas. That means I am not willing to discard traditional values, laws, and rules. I'm not willing to discard them. I'm not a liberal. I'm not a modernist. I am a fundamentalist. That means I advocate fundamentalism. By the way, Jude contended for the faith. He was a fundamentalist. Paul said, if anybody tells you anything, if an angel tells you that there's another gospel, don't you believe it. You believe what Jesus has said. You know what he did? He contended for salvation. He contended. They contended for the Bible. They contended for salvation. They contended for the church. And they contended for holy living. You know what they were? Fundamentalists. You outline the book of Galatians and you'll find a declaration of the gospel, a distortion of the gospel, a distinction of the gospel, and a defense of the gospel. He defended the word of God. I decided some time ago I was going to advocate, I was going to promote, and I would defend the word of God, winning people to Christ, the local church and the Great Commission, And holy living. Now you may say there's a lot more to it than that. And and I I agree. We could talk about the doctrines. We could talk about holy living. And the Lord knows we need to. We could talk about those things. But those four basic things define fundamentalism. And those who are willing to promote it, advocate it, defend it. Are a fundamentalist. I think we can do so, and we ought to do so in our day. I like what Dr. Howells used to tell about the Quaker. He said, I don't want to be mean about it. I really don't. He said, I'm like the Quaker who said to the man, I mean thee no harm, 
but thou art standing where I'm about to shoot. That's a pretty kind way. Get out of the way. That's the way I'm going. Now, the old-time religion works, folks. The old-time religion works, but stay at it, young people. We need another generation who will decide that's the path. I'm going to travel. Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts, do a work in our hearts. I pray, Lord, that young people that would have questions about fundamentalism, they would take this old book and they would study it and read it. They would learn about the Bible. They would learn about salvation by grace. They would learn about the church. They would learn about holy living. It's all in the book. All of it is. And, Lord, they would learn and learn and know and then stand on those things. Lord, the environmentalists are not ashamed to stand for the environment. I'm not ashamed to stand as a capitalist. I'm ashamed of those that stand for socialism and communism and Marxism. I wish we didn't have that in our country and growing. We don't need it. Lord, I fight against it, but if I fought against those things, I'd also fight against liberalism and modernism, for I am a fundamentalist. Speak to our hearts tonight and during this week. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.